Welcome to the climb. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. We exist because we want you to win and leverage is what you're going to need to win. It's not just potential talent anymore or actual real talent that has potential. You have to have a track record. You have to have sales. You have to have a business going. You have to have some songs getting cut already before anybody's gonna come out of the woodwork and wanna help you and wanna invest in you. And that's why we called this podcast The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. Who came up with that? That's called a Baxteronym, and that's my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. He's an award-winning hit songwriter, too, with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on a regular basis, he gives you opportunities to connect with the pros and create relationships and further your career. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Donnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally, and they are identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists such as Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. This production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. That's How are you, buddy? This time? What's that? I told you I'd do that a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, Blew getting, up, flamed out on the last one. Although that good. word digitally. 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 That's going to give me fits. On the digit. On the digital thing. Things. That's going to give me fits. Just be warned. Digital. Well, hey, man, we're going to today we're going to cover some real heady stuff. So you're going to want to get your cup of coffee, get your popcorn and sit mm-hmm. down because we got to talk about all the changes that happen on Instagram. And if you're not aware of what's going on, you can be like royally screwed. That's right. Oh, so while you were doing the intro, right after you told me what this episode is about, I started working on a little poem intro. Mm hmm. Could you not while you're introing me? So this is a, this episode drops on December 24th. Oh, Merry Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas and all through Instagram. What once make you famous will now make you spam. So Ah. that's That's what I got to say about that. (laughs) Well, before we get into that, let's take care of a little business. (laughs) You know, it's a digital world there, but it's an important role for physical media in today's independent musician. It makes it makes the difference. It's what you have to have if you're out there actually being a professional musician. You got to have the physical media because digital royalty payments are so small. When you sell a product like a CD, vinyl, T-shirts, hats, koozies, those really cool USB drives, things. yeah, USB customized USB things, they become a really, really mission critical income generator. That's how you get your gas money to get to the next town. That's right. For every CD you sell at a gig in that next town, you need about ah, about 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That is a lot of streams. So you're literally leaving money on the table when you don't have merch on the table. We love streams. Give me all the streams you got, but sell that merch 
too. And thankfully, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. You can find them online at discmakers.com. That is D-I-S-C makers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. Awesome. If you haven't joined the climb community, please do so. There's lots going on. There's a very active community. It's constantly growing. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in and just be good boys and girls or we will roadhouse you out. But we have room for everybody to come in and there's conversations, answers, questions, advice, stories, real wins, lessons to learn, people going back and forth with each other, which is the way that we want to wear. In a good way. Yeah. Real, real <laughs> proud about that. Yeah. Yeah. We're real proud about that. So yeah, we, you know, we started some fun stuff on there. We, uh, oh, about weekly, we have the cliche pinata, which uh, our good friend Chelsea post on there and which is basically, you know, it's the beat the cliche and see what kind of candy comes out. So right. we, we provide the cliche, right? And you beat on it and see what you can do to say that's more interesting. So yep. uh, last week's was cold as ice. So go find it in the thing and see what people came up with as a way to replace cold with ice as something else is more interesting. So we do fun stuff like that. So it's a good active community. Several, several comments on that one and we'll have a new one up probably by the time you hear it. There you go. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so, so you get all the episodes in a row and you can choose what you want to listen to and have them available. We're trying to get to 200. This is your last chance. It's the last show before Christmas, I think, right? Or is there one more? No. It's one of your last two chances. Yeah, the next one comes out on New Year's Eve. On the 31st. Okay. So leave a rating and review. You know, Tell everybody what you think about it. Why are you spending time with us? Straight up. Like, my <laughs> wife asks herself that all the time. <laughs> you know, what, what's going on? Why am I spending like, time with him? Time is very precious. Why are you giving us any of it? Like, like right. let other people know. And then finally, tell a friend about it. That's the best compliment you could give Brent and I. This podcast exists because we want you to win. And the more that people are talking about it and finding value in it and telling other people about how they found value in it, the more followers we're going to have. And that just it makes the world a better place, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So let's dig into this. So twas the night before Christmas and all through Instagram, what once made you famous now makes you spam. Please elaborate. That's right. Okay. So Instagram has a lot of you have noticed like drastic changes in the way that your Instagram used to work, say three months ago and the way it works now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are sour about this. And I want to talk about the mindset of that as well, because it was predictable. I mean, we have been, since day one on this podcast, talking about trying to harvest all the data that you can get and, and grow your list because this happened in, with Facebook in 2012. And on Facebook, you used to be able to post some stuff up and you might reach as much as 50% of your likers, of people who like your page on an organic mm-hmm. level. And meaning that it, that just might appear in their feed simply because they liked your page. Mm-hmm. But they changed the API at Facebook and it, the reach went down, the organic reach went down to one to 3%. So basically you're only reaching the people who are so engaged with you on a regular basis, like your best friends and family mm. that you communicate with, that they're the ones that organically get your stuff. And everybody else who likes you and is aware of you as an artist or a songwriter does not get anything unless they visit the page. Well, the same thing happened with Instagram. Why did they do that? Because this is a business. We have to think about referencing 
last week's show with Brent's mindset. It's, you know, what becomes possible now. So I'm going to kind of dig into what changed here because about three months ago, Instagram changed their API and it's the same kind of a thing where you used to get massive amounts of organic reach on Facebook for most of 2019. The last part of 2019, it's 1% to 3%. Same thing. And if you're going to reach all those people who follow you on Instagram, you're going to have to pay for the reach because it's their platform. Okay. This is okay. This is not bad. This is still way more valuable and mission critical to you than any other form of getting the word out of advertising of shouting mm-hmm. through a, a blow. What's it called? The horn, the, the bullhorn, a bullhorn. Yeah. Like I want to say blowhorn, but that's not it. Like, that's probably something else. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the changes that made and listen, mission critical alert, alert, alert. There is advice that we have given you on this podcast that previously worked that now not only doesn't work, but could work against you. And so we're going to get to that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, that's the nature of the beast. So it's changing all the time and Mm -hmm. we stay up on it and hopefully we're fulfilling our promise to you in that we want you to win by communicating as much as we can so that you guys know what's going on. So Mm -hmm. lots of you have already probably experienced the fact that likes are going away. Some accounts, they're rolling it out now. Eventually it'll be all accounts. Some accounts have them, some accounts don't. If you still have them, they're going away soon. The public count of likes is what you're talking about, right? So you can access the likes, but in your analytics, but the person, Joe, a visitor blow can't. Yeah. They can't see how many likes. They can see that somebody liked it, but they can't see how many. Right. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? First of all, one of the reasons that they're doing that is because they are, what they're not taking away is comments, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) In, In other words, They're not taking away likes, but they're taking away the visibility of likes to the outside person. Yes. But you can still see comments. Facebook and Instagram are so beyond likes that so like four years ago, they want not only just comments, but they want back and forth. Mm -hmm. They want engagement. They want engagement. They've upped the bar on what counts as engagement, basically. They've upped the bar. That's right. So a couple of things happen from this. I mean, number one, you're not going to be, it takes away some of the social proof and likes. Mm -hmm. Okay. But there's still social proof there with comments. So what kind of content are you putting up there? If you're putting up content that's spurring a reaction and somebody to take the, it's one thing to click a like button. It's another thing to leave a comment. It takes a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. Uh, It means it has to be more valuable content, more provocative one way or the other to make me want to take that time to do it. So you want to- More call to action. More call to action, yeah. I mean, as in leave a comment, ask a question. It's going to force you to be more engaging. Exactly. So this is- I think naturally the herd, if you will, is going to go, users are going to go and begin to focus more on seeing, creating content that will allow them to see the needle move in a way that's still measurable to the outside world, right? Mm. Even though it's measurable to you on your Instagram account, it's all going to be about the content, the content, the content. You have to get smarter with your content. For the, the bar just folks. got raised. Yeah. For the smart folks. Others would be like, oh, sweet. Not Maybe nobody cares about like your food. And, and that's Okay. Yeah. Now there's less pressure. You know, part of me is like, oh, good, less pressure. If this one didn't didn't get as many likes, it didn't look as bad to other people. They may not know how many people like it. Cool. But uh, the the smart people are going to be like, okay, if we're going to make a business out of this and grow our brand, we need to adjust and go to comments. Yeah, that's right. And create some content that's gauged towards that. And by the way, API, a lot of people don't understand what that means. API means application program interface. So... 
Instagram used to have their API was called public API and they shut it down. And now they have what's called graph API. And so if you were using third party tools, whether it was bots for liking and following targeted people, which we fully were behind that, we like that. If it's that, they're out. Bots are gone. Like you can't use them at all. But even Hootsuite and different things that you might use to be posting and, and different things like that, some of what the Graph API means is, is that any kind of third-party app that interfaces with Instagram that's supposed to help your experience on Instagram or make you, say, more efficient, what have you, has to be approved by Instagram. And that's number one. Number two is even the ones that are approved by Instagram currently are, a lot of them are still broken because of the API change. So, and part of the reason for that is this wasn't supposed to happen right now. It was supposed to happen in January, I believe, but it happened early. So a lot of the third party companies that even are approved by Instagram are, hadn't done any work yet on their software to change to the new, they were going to wait. Right. And yeah. So stuff got broken. And so if you've been having issues with that, that's what's going on. Okay. But some of that stuff's going to come back in as long as it's been approved by Instagram. Like so, I use buffer. I use buffer to do some of my posting on Instagram, you know, schedule mm-hmm. post and that still goes through. Thankfully it still posts. Now I'm curious, do they squash my visibility even more? because it's coming from a third party versus me actually posting directly into the thing. Cause I know sometimes like with Facebook and stuff, that can be an issue. I think it's part of the reason of my Facebook jail time I'm doing uh-huh. so much this year was through using a third party app and not being spammy, but just consistently feeding out content. I think they just, that was something they took umbrage at. And so I wonder if, if Instagram is going to like, well, you know, we don't, we don't value this as much because you're not on the, I could be having lunch or changing a diaper or writing a song and it's going to post. Maybe they don't value that. So they're not going to show that as much. I'm curious. And I don't know that about, about that. About I that. Know. Well, I, I tell you what. So on that note, they're moving away from that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even Facebook in this new Instagram API change, Facebook changed their API and keep in mind, Instagram's owned by Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook changed so that you can't use a third party posting app like Buffer and tag other pages. So now you can still use Buffer, but they're slowly diminishing the capabilities that they're going to allow to happen through the third party to keep you on the platform. So that's happening. So if you have auto posts that are going out on Buffer, on Hootsuite, on social oomph, on, you know, all these different uh, tools that you can use that, you know, help you post and you're tagging people in it, it, it's not working. You're not getting the tag. So you're going to have to do that native to the platform. One of the big sort of reversals that happen now within the algorithm is hashtags. So on a previous episode when we had the expand your brand little mini series going with Lexi before mm-hmm. Lexi left, we talked about like this brilliant, cool thing that we all loved where you can do a text replacement in your phone and you can uh, put like the hashtags up that you put up. Yeah. I know Brent's like, uh, Oh no, oh, don't say I it. Don't say just it. told my sister about that. Like last <laughs> night she's starting a business. I'm like, you got to do this text replacement. Now I'm going to have to call her back. I'm well, okay. well hold on there. Yeah. So here's what's happening. Okay. So the algorithm now is going to punish you for using the exact same hashtags all the time. 
Okay, can't do that. And so once again, on your hashtag strategy, you want to have plenty of smaller hashtags in there, by the way. Plenty of hashtags with, you know, 10, 20, 50,000, 100,000 followers, plenty of hashtags with four or 500,000 counts on the hashtags, and then even a couple of million or 10 million. But the, so that's a good thing. But you want to be changing them and being, make sure that the Hashtags are super relevant to that particular piece of content. If you continually cut and paste the same hashtags, you're going to uh, go down in the algorithm and your organic reach is going to shrink from whatever possible little 3% down to nothing, down to you know, half a percent or 1%. So I think the answer to that is there's certain, it doesn't mean that you have to use a different, you can't use the same hashtags, but if you're cutting and pasting, you're using the exact same hashtags on every post. In, in this case, order. in the same order. I, I yeah. don't know if order matters or not, but. I don't know either, but I think that if you have a, a base level, let's say three to five hashtags that you're always using, and then you add additional to that, then it's going to change and you'll be fine with that. Mm-hmm. But a little more work's required to, to make, give that content as much of the organic reach as you can possibly get. Second one, follow, unfollow. So we told you, we've told you in the past that target your audience, right? Like if you are a, a metal band and you could open up for Metallica, it would change your life forever because if you toured with them, the audience who loves Metallica would also love your music. So we say, hey, there's millions of people out there with they raise their hand digitally and, and say that they're Metallica followers, that they love Metallica, whether they're following or, or, or what have you, and target them that way. Go follow those people and say hello. You have to be careful of that now. First of all, there's a lot less allowed follows and unfollows, but you need to know that you can be in this API change. It may relax. We'll let you know if we find out that it relaxes in the future, but you can be identified by the algorithm as a bot and shadow banned. So what okay. is shadow banning? Shadow banning is, it's also called stealth banning or ghost banning or comment ghosting. It's the API's act of blocking or partially blocking a user or their content from an online community such that it will not be readily apparent to the user that they've been banned. So you don't even know, but nobody's seeing your stuff. Yeah. So you can post it, but they're going to yeah. ghost it. They're going to make yeah. sure that nobody sees it or very, very few people see it, even more so than natural, the decline we've been talking about. Like yeah, so if you know, if you have noticed like a significant drop in your engagement, it could be that you're being shadow banned. So stop following and unfollowing people. Mm-hmm. The apps that we used to use for that just don't even work anymore. So that's done. But now just be careful. Like any kind of inordinate amount of following is doesn't mean you can't follow somebody. It just means if you're doing a bunch of it in one sitting, you know, you're in danger of being flagged as a bot and you could be shadow banned. So we mm-hmm. kind of, it's got to be about your content and it's got to be about, Listen, organic is dead, y'all. It's dead. Mm. Okay? It's over. It's done. You are not going to significantly grow your account organically like you used to be able to do. You're going to have to be intentional. going to have to take a little money to get there. And then part of the intentional plan that you're going to have to have is, number one, I'm going to have to spend a little money to, number one, reach all the people who already like me and make sure that they're aware that I've posted this. And number two, to get in front of new eyeballs is going to cost money as well. This is how they monetize the platform, okay? Mm-hmm. So don't be angry about it. If this was your platform, your mom would be real proud of you right now, right? Because you're 
everything just shot up. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom is going to get a new house. <laughs> but the, the positives of this are still that you had this amazing amount of very, very surgically targeted data. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Okay. And I think that, I don't think I know that this is going to make a very big 2020 for Daredevil production. We do digital marketing and people are going to need to come to us to reach their number one, their followers and to get set up with the technology that will allow them to harvest that data so that they can mm -hmm. own the information and start email lists and start getting device IDs through text capture and all these things we've been talking about for years. Guess what? The chickens came home to roost. Okay. And mm -hmm. if you don't have a list now, it's, it's going to cost you where you could have gotten it in the last three years, almost four years at a, a modicum of expense. Now it's going to cost you more. Okay. And the price is going to still go up because two things are going to happen here. Now that everybody's going to have to pay to follow their reach and do sponsored content to reach everybody that they want to reach, what's going to happen when all of a sudden everybody has to do that now? That means there's going to be a lot more people competing for those sponsored content spots. Right. And what does that mean? Price is going to go up. <laughs> supply and demand. There's more demand for the same supply of advertising space. So price yeah. goes up. Price is going to go up. So the sooner you get your button gear and get into digital marketing, the less expensive it's going to be for you. But again, still very, very targeted. I mean, let's look at the positives of this. Like you go, I've talked about this before, but let's take an artist like, because it's a good example, let's take an artist like Luke Bryan. When Universal Records puts out a new Luke Bryan single, they're going to cut a $500,000 check for a P1 radio campaign. That's what it's going to cost the promoters to constantly be in touch with all the radio stations vying for a position to put that Luke Bryan single in. Because even though he's Luke Bryan and he's number one everywhere, you don't get in the station's playlist until somebody else's song comes out, right? Mm -hmm. And they have a commitment for a certain amount of time that that, that song's going to be in rotation. And so it's like a game of Tetris for these promoters. That's, that it's all about relationships. 
It's all about moving stuff around so they can find room on the playlist to put the new artist in that they're being paid to promote. But it's country radio, right? And there's, I mean, Luke Bryan had six number one singles off his last album. Like it's never been done before in the genre of country music and the history of the genre. So safe to say millions and millions of people love Luke Bryan, but the people who don't love Luke Bryan are equally as passionate. They think he's mm. the devil. They think he has ruined country music and that he started broke country. And my point about this is that Universal is paying $500,000 for a P1 radio single. And part of that cost, part of that audience that they're reaching are people that they know don't like their artists. Right. That will make them switch the station immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Now, at the level that Luke Bryan's at and that Universal's at, it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. This is where radio is very, very powerful and it takes a brand name and makes it bigger and blows it up into the stratosphere. However, for the indie artist who has to, you know, sweat every single dollar that you're spending, this is incredibly attractive, right? Because Mm -hmm. on digital marketing, you're not, you're going to find out who's interested and who's not interested and you don't waste money trying to reach them. Now, some of the people that aren't interested they're not permanently uninterested as in the example with Luke Bryan to say that they just hate Luke Bryan. They just don't Mm. like his music. Some people just are not going to come in until there's a bigger crowd. Right. Yeah. They're not a pioneer. They're not an early adopter. They are a early majority or a late majority, but they're, so again, the outcome's the same. You don't want to be spending money trying to reach people that aren't going to come in until there's a big enough crowd. So they feel safe and they can go along with the sheep. Uh, and make Let, that happen. Let's put it this way. The value of digital targeted ads versus broadcast ads. Say you're a 20-year-old dude looking for a date. All right? You're lonely. You want a date. So, and here you have this apartment complex. Could have married couples, dudes, single girls, whatever. You know, living there, right? Cat ladies, all kinds of stuff. You're not Hookers. Interested. Yeah. Strippers. And so they're like, hey, you know what? You can come. We're having, a, we're having a soiree, you know, over by the pool. And you can come to the soiree for 100 bucks. You might get a day out of that. You might find somebody. But there's a lot of people there you're not going to be interested in, right? Yep. Yeah. Du- married women and dudes and whatever. So, but what if you're also that same 20-year-old dude looking for a date and there's a sign outside a sorority house? We're looking for guys. Come on in. <laughs> 50 bucks. Right. Yeah. It's cheaper and it's way more targeted. Right. It's more like, like, where are you going to spend your time and your money? It's more like five bucks in this association or or, or even like $1 because, for example, like some of the ads that we're doing right now for our artists, depending on the audience, like if we're doing a bigger audience size, this is to say that it's not a a targeted audience for a tour stop, right? Which is going to be a 50 mile radius and just the amount of people is going to be less. But so if we're doing like a national kind of a thing or an international kind of a thing, it's a big, large audience pool. The cost goes down and the costs we're getting for video ads are like 0.003 cents for a 10 second view, mm-hmm. right? So if you do the math on that, a $5,000 ad buy would put you in front of 1,666,000 people. Mm. If you do a $50,000 ad buy, you can get in front of that same amount of people 
multiple times, like six, seven, eight times, which is the frequency part of the equation, right? Oh, yeah, which is so, important. So you can really do some damage and move the needle and turn a bunch of people that never were familiar with the artist into absolute fans that are very familiar with the artist and feel like they're a part of the journey for 50 grand, enough to move the needle and get a business started as opposed to 500 grand for one single on the radio, right? So we're talking like which still is 10% just of cost. gone. Yeah, yeah. Look at Ray Lind, won The Voice. She was on TV, massive TV exposure, came out with a single, got a number one. Talented. Talented is all get out. She has, I, I, I always thought, like, one of the most identifiable country music voices. Since yeah, really cool voice. Miranda Lambert, you know what I mean? Just like, you know it's her. Yeah. Kind of reminds me a little bit of our friend Neil Schuyler. She's got that, mm-hmm. you know, just that very identifiable voice. What happened to her? So this, these are good things, guys, but I think in a way this is going to help indie artists too just get off the pot and realize that, okay, you are not – if you're banking your business plan on winning the lottery, right, mm-hmm. like one sort of event is going to happen and you're going to blow up and become super popular and, and then people are going to pay money to buy tickets to see you play because it kind of happened on – it's happened on digital, right, in certain ways. I mean, some of the money that we've gotten at, for our artists as digital influencers – let's say from live nation mm-hmm. when they want to promote a, a big tour that's coming through like Bon Jovi or something, you know, there's lots of Instagram influencers out there, but they're influencers and they have these big audiences for doing like stupid crap. Right. Yeah. Like, so, you know, they might have like 400,000 people and they're this influencer, but they're not like in the music community. It's not for talent. Mm-hmm. It's because whatever they're obnoxious or, for spectacle or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so having a music thing being within a music context when they're trying to promote a music product, right, is more important for them. And so we've been able to negotiate money for that because they have plenty of influences, but we need somebody with people who like music that are following them, right? Yeah. That we, more targeted. You know, a little bit, a little more yeah. targeted. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I want you to be aware of that. I think uh, it'd be a good idea if you don't have a business account with Instagram which I think is a couple buttons that you press, okay? Mm-hmm. You need to switch that over now. We've talked about that before in the past. I know Lexi made a big deal about that way, way, way in advance. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of information you're not ever going to get unless you have that business account. That doesn't cost anything, okay? It's just, a, it's like the difference between having a personal Facebook page and a page, right, as yeah. an artist. There are, you know, you can only have 5,000 friends on Facebook and then you're maxed out. But if you have a page, that's an unlimited amount. So it's kind of the same thing. It's the business profile, but you're not going to get data with a personal Instagram account. You are no longer going to be able to get data on mentions, on targeted hashtags without a business account. You need to have a business account. The limit is like 30 hashtags tracked on us. You can track 30 hashtags on a seven day period. So if you're tracking hashtags, then, and you want to switch, it's going to take seven days to make that happen. Those are some other changes. It's a big, big change. It's really, really important. You need to change your behavior and you need to start thinking about digital marketing. Either you've got to use a service like Daredevil Production to make that happen for you or pony up and spend the money and go get an education on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that are, you know, I'm, I'm not in the business of teaching people about Instagram, really. We just try to help you through this podcast as best we can. But the marketing process is on the back end, the dashboard of Facebook, which is how you also do Instagram ads. Are It's the same dashboard, again, because Facebook owns Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science, but it's, super sophisticated. Okay. Especially when you get into e-commerce, man, like Mm -hmm. 
pixels and conversions and trying to sell stuff and copywriting. I mean, there's all kinds of marketing that comes into play. Oh, yeah. So I highly recommend that for everybody just because even if you do have a budget where you can use a service like us, I think you should know what the hell's going on. You should know enough to be dangerous yeah. so that you can go in the back and inspect what's going on and begin to learn and begin to approve or disapprove some, some of the moves, you know, and have a grip on what the costs are going to be. Now, I'm curious real quick. So say somebody's just, you know, they're not ready to pony up to do ads, that kind of stuff. We talked about changing behavior to go more, you know, get more engagement, that sort of thing. I just want to share a little bit about what I've been doing. Now, this has been more on Facebook that I've seen results on this. So as y'all mm-hmm. know, I do podcasts a week. And so I've just been changing it up how I promote my episodes. And so what I've been doing before, we you've seen the, the logo that we use, you know, a different one for each episode, I guess Chelsea puts together. And so mm-hmm. you have the episode kind Same of- Same logo, just different graphics. Graphics, right. right. That, and that's the kind of consistent one we share. Well, I've started going in and because I have all these kind of word tiles or whatever, these my own graphics that have a bit of information on it, or a tip, something helpful, you know, that I share around Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And so I've been going through and, and creating some new ones for my episodes as well. And so- I'll give you an example on Facebook. And so I've started sharing those because that way it's not the same graphic showing up in the feed all the mm-hmm. time. You it's don't get eye fatigue on it. Yeah. You don't get in like, okay, that didn't tell me anything, but the graphic itself gives value and kind of leads you in the back door to the podcast. So I've, I've been getting some results and I've been looking, it looks like some of my episodes have been ticking up, like get more views than normal. Mm-hmm. So for example, on the last episode, 199, it was advice I've gotten from people in the music business. So I took a piece of that advice and I, basically made a, a word swag, you know, a graphic out of it. it says, be the songwriter that you are. Don't be something you aren't. Then be the, your best you, you know, songwritingpro.com. And so I posted that on Facebook and said, I had a publisher point out the songwriter I would eventually become even before I saw it myself. What's the best songwriting advice anyone has given you? Let's hear from you. Hey, if you want to hear the best advice I've received, you can listen at boom, link to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten several comments on it a bunch of shares because the graphic itself is valuable yep. and it engages. So there are comments on there, people going, yeah, here's the best advice I got. Don't quit your day job or write what you know, or never give up or whatever. And so it's asking a question Whereas I've noticed before with podcast, our episodes, it would be a graphic and it's like, Hey, podcast an announcement. And yeah. mine weren't getting as much engagement, nothing like this. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Oh, so I'll still post that. And now I'm going in like every day, a couple times a day, because I have different graphics. So sure. each graphic has its own value to bring in. So it's throwing a lot more hooks in the water and it's driving more engagement. And so it's talking about, you know, changing how you, how you do business on Instagram and Facebook. That's been driving a lot more engagement for me. And, and I'm hoping that since people are getting more engaged, they're going to see more of my other stuff. And hopefully that's part of that. You were talking about earlier about it's going to be your super fans that engage a lot that see more of your stuff with that really squashed organic reach. Yeah. So I'm hoping like that's be another benefit of this, trying to ask more engagement questions. So hopefully they see a little bit more of my other stuff too. Yeah. Is that a way to think about it? I mean, that's a great way to think about it. Well, so what you're talking about is some changes that you made in your content strategy Mm -hmm. that are now showing you results, right? Yes. So you're thinking about your content and you're making, you're trying different things and then you hit something and now that's going to work for a little while until it doesn't yeah. work anymore. 
Right. And then you'll change again because it's constantly changing with the API. Mm-hmm. And I think, man, guys, like you have to, if you want to get, it just goes back to this from episode one. It's you, if you want to blow up your brand, you got to get in front of brand new eyeballs. And to get in front of brand new eyeballs means somebody's got control of your access to those eyeballs and they're going to charge you instead of being sour about it. Just understand that's the way it works. Being sour about that is the same as going to a car dealership and being pissed off that they're going to charge you for the car. Why don't I just get it for free? Right. No, you got a bunch sitting right here. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and by the way, keep in mind that all your efforts to grow your audience are going to turn you the artist into so, and by the way, the songwriter, we're getting in like Blue Foley and me are having many, many conversations now that they've moved in about marketing songwriters and having songwriters have a more transparent, to turn their importance up into the eyes of the consumer instead of being mm-hmm. behind the scenes and a little bit more out front, which I think is important. But you're going to become one of those people that you're going to be a brand ambassador when you even, even with just a, a solid engagement rate on an Instagram account of 10,000 people, you're a micro influencer. There's money to be made. There's a cash register that opens up because brands are understanding that your relationship with those people that are engaging with you is very valuable and they're going to pay you as such to put stuff in there. So mm-hmm. it, what sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. It works for you too. But you have to, I don't care what business you're in, like, unless you are working for somebody else. Okay. Mm -hmm. The business that you're in, they're advertising. Yeah. They have to advertise. There's some, they're doing, they're going to trade shows. They're, they've got ads out on TV, on radio, in magazines, digital ads. They have billboards. They're going constantly networking, going to like network after work events and stuff like that. They are getting the word out there and constantly doing it because they have to get clients to get money to get you paid so that you can be paid. This is called business. This is how it happens. Like you can have the world's absolute best product, but it doesn't matter if nobody knows about it. It's advertising. It always has been. And once again, your dreams of getting a record deal are based on a record label giving you, spending the money for you, but the budget that they're going to spend 90% of not only the money, but the time, the effort, the energy, the intention is going to be spent on promoting the product, not making the product. Okay. So why? Because we're selling something nobody wants and nobody needs. Mm -hmm. So you've got to change your budgets accordingly. You have to start saving up, setting money aside, doing whatever you got to do to try to get yourself in front of new eyeballs. And at least the beauty of this is that these are very, very targeted eyeballs and you can find people and discover through digital marketing who your new fans are and focus on those and focus on creating those relationships and creating a system of bringing the unfamiliar person who's just walking down the street into your face and then into your store. And then somebody who becomes a fan who wants to buy tickets. You can do it nationwide, worldwide, regionally. You can do it in your city. It's only limited by your imagination and it's limited by your refusal to embrace this just because it costs freaking money. Okay. It costs money. And you know what? If you're a compelling artist and you're really killing it and you can move a bunch of people, then it's not going to be that difficult for you to make these changes and to get in front of new eyeballs. They're going to react and you get a big enough crowd and money will come your way. The kind of money that's going to take to blow this up. But again, in the big picture, 
the cost is minute. It's 10% right now, 15% of what a major label would spend to create a superstar, to create a working, make a business that's generating money and cash flow and everything like that. So it's money well spent. You're always getting that. The return on the investment in the form of data, okay? Mm -hmm. When you see those, when I show those charts and stuff on previous shows that we've said, these are not just like consumption charts. Like here's how many people liked the video or here's how many people saw the video 95% of the way through. These are actual accounts that we can go touch again, knowing that they liked it this much as opposed to liking it this much, you know? So it's a big change is organic is gone. You have to be intentional. And the final thing I'll say is, you know, the Beatles weren't organic. The Stones weren't organic. Led Zeppelin wasn't organic. It was all intentional. They were hustling, getting that artist in front of new eyeballs all the freaking time. And then once people were made aware of it, once their attention was interrupted, because this is something you have to see, whether it was on the radio, which was paid for, or on tour opening, which is which was paid for, or they were doing co- all those artists that I just mentioned did cover songs and got on the radio first. This is what they were doing to just get that audience built up. Then they were the Beatles, right? Then mm-hmm. they were the Stones and then they grew and we grew with them. So this is what you got to do, guys. You got to be intentional and you need to be spending 90% of your time working on this kind of stuff and 10% of your time making it if your intention is to make a living or, or increase the quality of your living doing the artist thing, right? Amen. Amen. All right, guys. So that's it. So, hey, final thing. We're available for consulting at Daredevil Production. Help us help you. We can help you craft a plan that will make this happen. Just email us at info at daredevilproduction.com and put consulting in the subject line. And we'll take some time, learn everything that you've got going on, just help you discover your brand, help you discover your weaknesses and your strengths, and craft a plan that you can follow so that you are being intentional and being as smart about it as you possibly can. And lastly, if you haven't downloaded the free PDF informational guide of the 21 biggest indie artist marketing mistakes or 21 biggest reasons you don't have more fans is what it really is, mm-hmm. then just go to gift from Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com and tell us where to send it and we'll get that right out to you and that'll help you change your mindset. Finally, just, uh, hey, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, join the client community, tell a friend this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 